What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Timmons podcast. I'm your host, Timmons. This is my podcast. A couple quick business things for you. First, uh, check us out on YouTube, Timmons podcast on YouTube. Um, subscriber count is growing. Uh, there's videos for most of my podcasts now, so that's kind of cool. Um, also, uh, a couple of people have reached out about sponsoring, so I just want to let you know sponsoring is open. If you want to sponsor the podcast, email me at timminspodcast at gmail.com. Give you deets, all that fun stuff. Uh, follow me on Twitter and like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Okay, um, now that the business is out of the way, mm-hmm. let me intro. All right. Let me welcome you. All right. Jose, dude, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little chilly in the basement, but hey. <laughs> yeah. I I have a heater, but then it sounds bad on oh. the pie. It's like you know, then you hear the I'm, yeah. I can't. No, I'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, I know. It's someday I'll upgrade. What do you think of this? Oh, I do, do like it. Have you had this before? I no, not really. Guys, for those not watching a YouTube video, Brewdog Elvis Juice. Grapefruit infused IPA. That's what we're drinking today. Infused. Um, and if you want more, you let me know. I got a whole fridge full. That's the best thing about this podcast. Yeah, I think if I have two of this, I'll I'll feel a little warmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, uh dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's it's uh I was thinking about you and I'm like, you know what? I need to get Jose on. Because we've been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been interviewing a lot of different people in Goshen. I love talking to people in Goshen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been friends in Goshen. So I'm like, all right, let's get Jose on. All right. Yeah. <coughs> so why don't you let everyone know who you are and um, yeah, just give them a little, like, background on you. So so people who don't know you have a little bit better, better idea who you are. Sure. Um, I w- always like to tell people that I was born in Mexico City. Okay, I was born in Mexico City, and uh, my uh, parents wanted to go to a smaller town. Mm. Mexico City has about twenty-two million people, <laughs> and so we decided to move away from the big city to a smaller town. So we ended up in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in. In 1980, when I was 10 years old, my parents decided, "Hey, we're 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 going to Chicago." And at first, I just didn't want to, yeah. you know, because uh, I'm 10 years old. If you think about when you were 10 years old, that's a huge change. You you're preteen, you know, right? Yeah. And and to someone tell you, their parents say, "We're moving, moving out of town." Um, it's a big deal. But then when you realize you're moving to another country. It's even bigger. It is even bigger, uh, and and so my parents are like, "Yeah, let's you know, we we want a better life, this and that." And none of my siblings wanted to come. <laughs> uh, I have two older brother, a, okay. a brother and a sister, and then I'm the middle child, and then a younger brother. My younger brother was like, "Whatever." He was eight years old, and yeah, he was like, he "Whatever." He couldn't make any decisions. He just had to go with the flow. He was gonna, yeah. yeah. Me, on the other hand, is like, man, I'm going to miss my friends. Uh, Jose Montezuma, if you, if, if, I have no idea if he's ever going to listen, but he was my buddy back then when I was 10 years old, yeah. uh, living in Mexico City. And um, so we moved. Um, I didn't struggle with a lot of cultural people ask me all the time. Yeah. Did you just uh, struggle with uh, uh, culture shock? Culture right? shock. 
Not really. I mean, Chicago is a very diverse community, and the roads are very north-south, east-west. Right. Uh, very easy city to navigate. At the age of 10, I was navigating Mexico City. I was getting on buses, you know? <laughs> wow. Uh, so you can imagine coming to Chicago and it's like, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> yeah, kind of similar. <laughs> very, uh, yeah, it's uh, smaller. even easier. Easier right. because, you know, in Mexico City, the the uh, the main roads, you know, they could go straight for a while, but then they curve. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of, you can easily get lost. It's a big city, you can easily get lost. You're going north one second and then west the next and then. Yeah, exactly. Knows, right? and then, then, you know, <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, so it was, it was okay. Um, the language thing, it was a, it was a problem. Yeah. But, um. There's a huge Latino community mm. in, in Chicago, and there's a lot of immigrants from all over. Yeah. So I did not feel out of place necessarily. Yeah. Um, so I, I adjusted pretty pretty fast. Um, in Mexico City, you 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 watch a lot of American shows. You know? Okay. So you knew. Like, Pretty well. Pretty well. You watch the Super Bowl. My, my parents watched the Steelers in the 70s, you know, no and so yeah. you watch baseball and the movies and... and cartoons, and I bet. Cartoons, like you name it. Uh, uh, Live it to Beaver was right. in Spanish. So no just, way. Just to give you an idea. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, was it Spanish subtitles or was it dubbed? Like dubbed. Spanish. Okay. Dubbed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, it, it you know, Mexico City and, and Mexicans in general are very diverse people, like in terms of ethnicity and the way they look and so on. Yeah. So you 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 would see shows in made in America, and then there were uh, the people would be speaking in Spanish, mm. you know, and so it, it would take you a while. And as a child, you don't know how to distinguish. It would it would take a little, and the and the the the, the changing into Spanish was well well done. Right. That uh, you couldn't tell with the move, movement of the mouth right. that they were originally in a different language. To the point that it, it, you you would think they were made in in Mexico. Wow. You you really don't know, as a kid you don't know how to distinguish unless somebody tells you. And so when I showed up uh, to America, I was very familiar with foot, football, American football. Uh, when I was in high school, that's what I said to my parents: like I'm going to play baseball, football, and basketball. Really? Like in Chicago, I was like I want to do that, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, I uh, we moved to the south side of, of Chicago. Okay. I was able to play football, made the football team uh, as a freshman, and also play baseball. But basketball was the king, you know. Yeah. And I tried to, <laughs> to make it to the team, but never did. Really? Uh, never <laughs> did. It was uh, the you know uh, the players. Most most of the people knew how to play basketball, and they're way ahead of me. Yeah, and they've been playing yeah. since they're probably super young. Super young in training camps, all uh, that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, kids would be playing basketball all all summer, you know, and and uh, and and me, I was playing soccer. I was more into the arts, really. Yeah. Uh, originally, I wanted to to study the arts, visual arts. I took some art classes at the Art Institute when I was in high school. No way. 
Yeah. And then people said, well, why not an architect? And, and in Chicago, of course, you know, when you see the buildings uh, and, and, and the, the great uh, buildings all over the downtown yeah. um, Chicago, you do fall in love with uh, the architect and, yeah. and the buildings. How things are laid out and you, can yeah. see, you physically see it. Right. Right. It's way different than just like reading about in a book. You're looking at how they put this together. Right. And, you know, and they have great schools. You know, the University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC, is a very good school for, for architect. And so I thought about it. I wanted to do that. But, uh, but my family joined the Mennonite Church. Ah, okay. And that's that's what brought me to Goshen. <laughs> <laughs> my my older brother went to Southern Illinois University. Okay. To be a, an electric engineer. Um, my sister went to a community college in Chicago, and my parents were like, "Well, we're Mennonites now. There's a Mennonite college because a lot of uh, Irish people in 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 the." In Chicago, we're like, we're going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was the place for most uh, Irish Americans, right? So, yeah. Um, but I had no idea that Mennonites had colleges and universities, ah, okay. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, you know, the Catholic Church has good universities, even in, in Chicago, like Loyola. Yeah. Um, so that's how I ended up uh, coming to Goshen. I was uh, recruited. And my uh, parents came to see the college with me, and we realized it's only two hours away. Yeah, pretty close. It's, it's pretty close. And um, then I came to Goshen, which is my first culture shock. <laughs> That's when it set in, huh? <laughs> That's when it set in. <laughs> That's wild. You're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're in Goshen. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. What? Um, when did your parents move, become Mennonites? Like, was it while you were in high school? Or was yeah, when I was in high school. So okay. we arrived in 1980, and in 1985, my parents joined the Mennonite Church. Wow. Were you Catholic before that? Yeah. See, that's a that's an interesting story because my parents grew up Catholic. Okay. But uh, when they when they, I guess, uh, got involved you know, became adults and became involved in the community, they learned uh, about Marxism and, and humanism and all that. And so then they they realized that um, the Catholic Church, as they knew it, was, was, uh, was not really uh, helping them meet God. Mm. You know, they're... The, the mass, you know, back back then in the 50s and 60s, it was done in Latin. Okay. You were not allowed to read the scriptures back then as a Catholic because it's, you know, a no-no. And so, but but then the church wanted money. And so they became disillusioned. Yeah. And uh, they left the church. Okay. That makes sense. So when I, when, uh, I arrived, <laughs> when I was born... With my siblings, they they were not going to church. In fact, they 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 were they were more agnostic, yeah. but they call themselves atheists because 
there they didn't know the, the, the difference. Right. There wasn't really a term there at that time. Right. Maybe, maybe, but a lot more people were atheists then. I think now it's kind of like a more people are agnostic. Right, I, right. That, that's my perception. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think like my mom had faith in something, but it was not in the Catholic Church and yeah. it was not in the Judeo Christian God as she knew it. You know, right. very limited understanding of what that was. Right. Well, if you can't read the Bible, too, exactly. Like, what, do, what do I even believe? I'm just going here because my parents go here. It's just tradition at this point. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Full of saints, you know, a yeah. lot of different saints. Yeah. And then the Virgin Mary, it's, it's almost like a god. Yeah. Um, it's a god, a female god image. Yeah. Um, and so it's, um, um, yeah. So, yeah, back in 1985, my parents, uh, my mom was sick of cancer. And so interesting because the doctor, uh, we had a doctor, uh, Mexican-American, spoke Spanish, and the doctor said to my uh, dad, back in 84, 85, uh, your wife is going to most likely not make it. Mm. And you got a house full of teenagers. <laughs> yeah. So I was like 13, 14 years old. And so my younger son was like, my younger brother was 12 or 13, kind of that age. And my uh, sister was two years older. My brother was four years older. Just about to go to college. Right. And uh, so <laughs> the, the, the doctor said, hey, you're going to need a, a support system. You need to, like, talk to your friends. Do you have any family? And we, we didn't. I mean, we had distant cousins, um, but not really. Uh, well, there was one uncle, um, my dad's brother was also living in, in Chicago. But as That's far as like... system. That's right. individual at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, the doctor was the one that suggested, you know, go to your priest, you know, go somewhere you know you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, a crisis in your hand with all the you know teenagers losing their mom and so that's when when uh, my dad said to one of uh, his co-workers like oh you know this is happening um i don't know what to do and of course the co-worker happened to be Mennonite and said hey you know just come to my church wow um and that's how we ended up going Got plugged in there. Plug in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that's what set you on this journey. Exactly. That's wild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was that culture shock then, like coming to Goshen? Well, there was all kinds of different things. For example, I mean, things that that um, no, I mean, Goshen has changed a lot. Yeah. But back then, in 1990, you know. Um, uh, I graduated from high school. I went to uh, a community college first because I was, I was still undecided whether I wanted to get a Goshen. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, and I debated what I wanted to study. And you can't study architecture at Goshen College, so it was like, mm, do I have to change my focus? What do I want to do? So it took me a little while to even um, accept the uh, the invitation and make the decision to come to Goshen College. Took me a little while, so it wasn't automatic. Um, but um, when we visited 
and this is how ignorant we were, we just didn't know. Uh, we saw buggies <laughs> and the Amish um, riding their little buggies. And so we did what a lot of tourists do. We took our cameras out and started taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later I realized there was a no-no, but... Yeah, stealing their souls. <laughs> stealing their souls. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was, it was a lot of... Back then, uh, there were very few Latinos. Like, you know, you can count in your hand the number of families. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, a lot of the Latino families were connected to Goshen College, for example. Yeah. Um, there was a one Hispanic man on a church in town. But the the the, the shocking piece um, was a combination of different things. The uh, no public we had no public transportation. Mm. Um, there was no diversity. Um, I felt like I was um, being punished. I had to live on campus. Uh, no didn't freedom. have a vehicle. No freedom. Yeah. Um, there was farms around Goshen College, so the stink of manure no was was heavy. And uh, on a, cl a cloudy nights, it was stinking dark, like yeah. scary dark. If you think <laughs> about being in Mexico City, you know, city full of lights, and in Chicago full of lights, you know, you don't see darkness necessarily, complete darkness, right? Until you go into the countryside on a cloudy night when you can't see any any stars or the moon. Yeah. That was it was scary, and uh, and it was scary for a number of reasons because you you, you get you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, but also uh, the stories that you would hear about uh, Indiana. Uh, I remember um, one of my friends, because we ended up going to Indianapolis at one point um, before coming to Goshen College, and I think it was a church thing, I can't remember. Uh, and my friends in Chicago is like, don't you dare stop in little towns. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like- it's not wrong. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That was a reputation yeah. that uh, color people just don't stop in little towns uh, across the Midwest, you know, especially in Indiana. And yeah. when you learn that, you know, this is this is one of the biggest places where the KKK yeah. used to be. It you know, started here. I started think. here. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was uh, a little bit of a culture shock, uh, not having the freedom. To move around, uh, another freedom to go to, to see a movie. Uh, very few uh, TV stations, if any. Right. Um, and uh, nobody, nobody could spell your name, pronounce your <laughs> oh, name. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, people are gonna hate me from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you see professors, you think, well, they're professors, right? You know, they have a, a, a master's or a PhD, yeah, and uh, unable to like spell your name, like Jose, J O Z. You know, like, yeah. mm, you wonder, like, where am I? You know, like, you know, such a common day. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Oh. they spell it hose, <laughs> like I'm not H O S E. Like what? I'm not a hose. <laughs> Yeah. How many degrees do you have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I mean, there's uh, San Jose, California. There's, right. You know, it's not like Jose, the name, is such a foreign thing no. in America. No, it's I not. I don't think. 
Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I, I guess I can't really speak to that because I'm a lot younger. And growing up in Goshen, there was Jose's all the time. I met so many Jose's growing up. So it was something that was part of my life. But yeah, to think like, yeah, it's just, that's weird. Yeah. It's weird to think about that. Yeah. So it's like, where am I? Yeah. You know? In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and people, people think that I was there to play soccer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, some yeah. people were like, do you have a. Uh, sports scholarship, like no. The same thing they did with African Americans. Really? They, yeah. They thought they were there just to play sports. You know. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Goshen, yeah. Is, Goshen College has changed a lot since then too. I, yeah. I hope maybe. Yeah. No. I mean, they have. They have. I remember um, going to the cafeteria for dinner, and um, the guy in front of me turn around that's kind of like the first week first weeks i was there and 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 then i was like maybe i should just go home <laughs> yeah he t- turns around and looks at me and and obviously look at me and seeing that that i didn't belong he's like where are you from what country were you born and not, not, not even hearing me not even i mean i could have been a mexican-american i could be a US citizen i could be you know but he just made that um assumption right assumption there. right yeah. there and then when I said, well, I was born in Mexico City, I grew up in Chicago, then he said, so you speak Mexican. And I'm like, what? Mexican? Like, that's not a language. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Spanish, buddy. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. I, 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 you know, it's kind of funny thinking thinking back at, at those days because Goshen College has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, have a friend who's who's the dean of students, Gilberto Perez. You know, so um, he knows yeah. probably is it a he or she? He he knows probably how to spell Jose. Yeah, I assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know. They know now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there for two years or three? Three. three okay. Yeah. And what'd you go for? Uh, Bible and religion. Okay. Ministry. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And so then, what'd you do after college? Was it? I mean, I'm assuming you stayed in Goshen. No. No, okay. No, actually, uh, I went to seminary. No way. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, My mom actually passed away when I was a college college student in 1992. Okay. And it was, I mean, like I said, I grew up very ignorant about the scriptures because my parents were not allowed to read it growing up so when when we joined the men in the church when we really actually read the bible and and uh you know really asked the question was like who, who what what is this god about right and so when i came to goshen uh college it was it was about that it was a journey of finding out um you know who who was god what 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 what, what what's going on here and so uh, when I graduated from Goshen College, even though I had a better understanding of the scriptures, I was not uh, at all happy, like content. Like, I need to know more. I mean, this is, what do you mean? The, the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, what do you mean the Septuagint is a, it's a Greek version of the Old Testament? Right. You know, like, and, and so I had more questions than answers. Yeah. So... One of the reasons that I wanted to go to a seminary is to learn more. Not necessarily the intention of becoming a minister, mm. but the intentions ori- originally was just to get 
get to know more. In fact, I always kind of fell in love with theology, and I wanted to continue studying theology after seminary. But, you know, a lot of things happen. Right. <laughs> it just Shift and change in life Shift happens. and change, yeah. 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 Where'd yeah. you go to seminary at? So, or, uh so I didn't want to go to AMBS, right? Because okay. it was like... That's Elkhart, right? That's Elkhart, right? Yeah. So it's like Goshen, Elkhart. It's kind of too close. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to change the scenery. Exactly. I was ready to leave Goshen. It's like... And and a lot of people... I was I was not the only one, man. But a lot of people who graduated from, from college, a lot of minorities, people of color, uh, back then was like, I'm leaving Goshen. I'm not coming back. You know, it's like this is not, it was not a good experience for a lot of reasons. Uh, not necessarily because we had got a bad education. The, you know, the education level was top notch. Yeah, it was. It was the, the environment. Yeah. Environment was not not at all there. So, um, so uh, people in the Mennonite uh, world said you should try Eastern Mennonite University. Mm. It's in the Shenandoah Valley. Oh, okay. and I and you know, I started asking questions, and I started seeing pictures, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the place I want to go." Yeah, it's a beautiful campus in the Shenandoah Valley in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Okay, and uh, that that's a very nice place, full of mountains. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine, you know, growing up in in Chicago and Goshen, and then going to the Shenandoah Valley. I mean. In Mexico City, it's surrounded by mountains, and I I miss that. It was, yeah, Chicago, the Midwest, so too flat. flat. It's so flat. Yeah. Yep. So I ended up going there. Then I got homesick. Um, probably because I miss my mom, or my community, um, family. But I ended up finishing at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. It's in Chicago. In Deerfield, okay. Deerfield, Illinois, yeah. suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then how'd you get back to Goshen? <laughs> yeah. Right. right yeah, how's that? Yeah. You, know, you go all the way back to Chicago. What brought you back to Goshen then? Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's another story. A very interesting story. But, uh, uh, so in the process of, um, you know, after seminary, I was like, Oh, what do I do? Do I, do I go get a PhD? Um, do I enter work in the church? In the process in the seminary, there was a, a lot of people telling me that I have a pastoral heart, hmm. you know, and and that phrase kind of marked me, like you know you 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 do well in ministry, and people assumed that I was going to go to ministry because I was in seminary, right. Um, I ended up getting the Masters of Divinity because I knew there was the, the, the most difficult masters, and I, and I could usually you know can can go into uh, a PhD program, but uh, so I was like, what do I do? And so I knew that I was like you know um, inexperienced. So I went to high school, college, seminary, but I had not worked at all like you know not not really yeah i mean like a job like a real job right clock and in at eight clock done in. in five right yeah. right right so i was like okay uh so there were uh 
a lot of churches, both from the Mennonite Church and from the Evangelical Free Churches of America, which is the denomination connected to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, were calling my name. You know, there was um, churches in, in Florida that were saying, hey, you know, you're bilingual, you're bicultural, you know, we need you, come come down. Hmm. Um, but I ended up going to uh, McAllen, Texas, okay. to Pastor Manana Church. Uh, and reconnected with a person from Goshen College. We got married. Um, we had two kids, a boy and a girl. Shout out to Danny and Christina. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then uh, my wife, uh, th- then um, her parents were ill. Mm-hmm. She's originally from Illinois. And... And by then, when we had our kids, we eventually ended up in Houston, Texas. Okay. Long story. But we ended up in Houston, Texas. Uh, Her parents were not doing well. Um, I knew that her dad was was in bad shape. I mean, it was was very... You saw the writing on the wall. Maybe you saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. And so, I mean, Houston is far away. Yeah. And so it was like, no, let's be close, close to family. I mean, my siblings were living in the area. My sister still lives in uh, Highland, uh, oh, yeah. Indiana. Okay. Uh, yeah, Highland. around there. But but it's uh, Highland Park is a city in in Illinois. But yeah. she was in Highland, Indiana, which is like right across the border, right? Or not yep. super far? Yeah. Yep. Yep. None. Yep. Um, so we ended up uh, deciding where, where do we want to move to, and. Uh, by then, there were a lot of churches in Goshen that were looking for uh, Latino leadership. Yeah. And so um, I was supposed to, like, be half-time pastoring and then continue studying. Oh, I was okay. going to jump into a doctoral program and do all other things, Um but we chose Goshen because it was close to Chicago. It was a familiar town. Uh, we knew that the city had changed. Um, it was different. There were a lot of more Latinos. There was more diversity. It had issues. Yeah. I mean, a lot of cities around. I mean, there was no perfect place. Um, but that's what brought us back to to Goshen. We moved back in two thousand and eight. Oh. Yeah, we we bought a house, and uh, within a few months, it was almost fifty thousand dollars less. Uh, worth. Yeah, yeah, that's we, right we when bu- the crash happened. We bought the house at the worst time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and paid too much, way too much, obviously. Yeah, yeah, wow. And then did things not work out with the church and stuff, or you were, where did you do the half time? Yeah, the, a lot of other things happen. Um, um, personally, the the our marriage struggle, yeah, very much. From I mean, I hate to be so negative because there were so many good things. Yeah. Um, but um, from day one, we're just. I think we forced things. Yeah. I mean, looking back and be, you know. If I'm honest with myself, I think we forced, I, I, we forced things. Yeah. 
And uh, I still remember going to counseling before getting married, uh, breaking up the relationship before we got married, but decided to to go keep it going. Keep it going anyway. Yeah. Um. Very, I don't know. Inexperience, um, not really knowing what marriage was really about. I mean, you can read things and all this yeah, stuff. You don't know but, until you're in it. Yeah. yeah. And ignoring red flags. Yeah. That's why I tell people, tell my kids, tell the young people, don't, don't ever ignore red flags. <laughs> they become very real. They become right? very real. You can't ignore them later. They, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you ignore them now, you will deal with them later, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you cannot think, oh, things are going to get better. This person is going to change. Yeah. No, no. Mm. no, that's not how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You're blinded by the idea of being married, the idea of of having kids or having a family. Mm-hmm. You're blinded by love. You 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 you, you, you know. Like wanting to have a family because that's what people tell you you have to do. Yeah. It's the next step. You went to college. Now you get a family. Your life's going to be leave it to beaver. You're totally yeah. fine. Right? Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're going to live the perfect life. And what could go wrong? You know, two Mennonites. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> two faithful Christians. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. So, yeah. So, Things probably started changing, but and you've stayed. Have you stayed in Goshen since two thousand eight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Goshen has been, if I think about it and think about the numbers, um, probably the longest place I've ever lived. Mm. You know, I moved from Mexico City at the age of ten. Uh, I moved to college in ninety two. Eighteen then, right? So eight years and ten in Mexico, eight in Chicago. Four or well, no, you said you went to community college for a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a year, three years here, been back since 2008. Yeah, you've been here for a while then. Yeah, yeah, wow, yep, Houston, Texas. Wow, so you've been all over the place too. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I've traveled. Those are one of the things that I uh enjoy working for the church. Excuse me, I did a lot of traveling, yeah, and in and, and in Houston. Um, I, I've been extremely lucky. I mean, I, I, I'm blessed. You call it blessing. You call it lucky. Uh, my life has been a roller coaster and, uh, and a half. I tell people I have lived a year and a half, a year and a half, a life and a half. Yeah. Yeah. An entire life. And, and then some, you know, I'm 52 years old. And if I go today, I'm like, yeah, I, I lived. I lived. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I just give you an idea. You know, when I was in Houston, um, it was kind of right after uh, 9-11. Okay. And, um, and then um, there was a lot of dialogue of, of reconciliation between religion and, and the, the, the question of how religion plays a part in what we do mm. um, and how toxic a religion can become, right? Um, when you see any religion, any religion, yeah, oh yeah, historically, historically, you see that over and over. But then you are physically seeing it manifest in nine eleven, correct? And you are like, "What? We got to deal with this." Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And so uh, the University of, uh, uh, well, Rice University in Houston had a, somewhat of an ecumenical meetings. Um, and so Muslim Jews, Christians got together mm-hmm. and began the process of what do we do? How do we approach each other and how we learn from each other and how to uh, learn to, instead of becoming angry and, and, and strangers, how do we get to know each other? And so the Muslim community um, uh, said, we, 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 we need to talk. And so we, you know, there's a, there was, I didn't know this until we lived in Houston, but there was a big Jewish community there. Mm. And so they, they did, you know, they, they put money, you know, they, they, both the uh, Muslims and Jews put a lot of money into this process of dialogue. They put their money with their mouths for, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and they invited a bunch of us and they invited me because I was part of the peace church, you know, be a Mennonite. Right. And so I remember Muslims from Turkey uh, really um, liking uh, what I was saying, yeah. you know, really liking what I was saying. And uh, they came to the church. They invited me to many activities. And they said, hey, we're going to take church leaders to Turkey. And we're going to do them a, a tour. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, for a week and a half. And it's like, well, how much is it? They're like, are you kidding me? Nothing. Yeah, they're like, we we want to host uh, you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll, you know, yeah. I'll talk to the uh, Houston Manor Church. And then the leadership is like, no, go, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a, this is a one a life. life. Yeah. yeah, once a lifetime. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's go. And, um, you know, I had no business being <laughs> with those people, you know. Yeah. They're like rabbis who are, you know, super famous and, 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 and uh, experts at what they do. You have the bishop of the Methodist church, oh. you know, going, and then that's me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then me. How's it going? Um, That's awesome. But it was a, it was an amazing experience because uh, we traveled to Istanbul, Ankara, and then we traveled to the east side, which is totally different. So on the one hand, in Turkey, you have Greece, which is super liberal. Mm. And on the other, you have Syria, just to give you an Super conservative. Yeah. Wow. Iran. So it's kind of like, yeah. it's like, Turkey is between two worlds, and Turkey is kind of very, you know, different. Ankara is the capital city, and it's right in the middle, mm-hmm. and it really divides the the east from the west. Even Turkey looks different from the east to the west. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the opportunity to talk to the imam, the, the head of the mosque, basically. head of the mosque uh, in Istanbul, or the Blue Mosque. Oh, wow. And we asked questions to him about um, about world leaders. You know, things are like, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like, why am I here? But I'm taking pictures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, the mom talks about his, when he met George W. Bush, when he met Bill Clinton, and 
talking about all the leaders that he, they have come to um, to to the Blue Mosque, um, and the church, the big church, Sophia something. I can't remember now, but it's uh, it's one of the oldest uh, church buildings in the world. Beautiful um, building, kind of looks like the Blue Mosque, or you know. Uh, the first version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, I had an awesome time. And then it's just one, one thing that I, that I could name that happened, you know, they're like, you know, you know I was born in Mexico city, you know, in a yeah. very poor neighborhood next to a, a, a city garbage dump, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and then I found myself, in in the Mus- uh, blue mosque in Istanbul, yeah. you know, like oh, okay, how's this happen? <laughs> how's this happen? Yeah. You may be wondering how I got here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. What, yeah, that's uh, wild. Yeah, you have lived a uh, lifetime in a in a half, um, and you still got so much more life to live. That's the other thing. Yeah, and and so I'm I'm like. Um, involved in things you know it's it's one of the things that i uh, that i feel like i'm here i'm in goshen um i'm gonna live my life the best that i can doing the best things that i will uh that you know doing things that are what i want to do and right. do it the best way i can right that's what I'm saying. Well, anytime I'm I'm out, I see you. Yeah. Right. You're in the community. You know, I see you all the time, which is great. And you're you're very active in the community. And I, I mean, that's how we met was through a community. Well, through La Casa. Mm-hmm. You're working at La Casa, and uh, uh, for those who didn't know, Jose and I went to LA together. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing. Not not the same story, but for me, it. It was like, um, hey, we're going to send people to L.A. Who wants to go? And I'm like, I'll go. And then they're like, no one signed up. Tim, and you go. And it, was, <laughs> it was really cool. And, uh, yeah, we did a whole neighborhood association. We got the neighborhood association started here. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff, man. That's when we first met. Yeah. And you were just part of the community, meeting people, doing things, facilitating yeah. things, yep. um, bridging the gap between people yep. you know, in our neighborhood, this specific East, East uh, Lincoln Crossing. It's very diverse, mm-hmm. and so um, it's nice to have multilingual someone who understands different things. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you've you've kind of moved and shaked throughout Goshen. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know you were, you were a teacher for a while, right? You were at like um, Ivy Tech for a minute. Yep, and I worked for Ivy Tech for for a while. Um, I'm on my fifth year as Goshen Community School board member wow. that I, I can't believe I ran again. It was crazy. That was this year you got yeah. elected, right? Yeah. So you've been there for five years now? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Has it changed at all? Or was this year like the hardest? Or no, I don't know. I just, this since COVID, I've, a lot of people are talking about school board stuff. I feel like that's the, the like the spotlight has been shown, like shined on the school boards. And so, I mean, I have no clue what's going on there, but yeah, uh, no, it's definitely different. Um, when I joined the uh, school board five years ago, uh, the board was thinking about um, doing some referendums. Okay. 
And and I thought that was the most difficult thing that I was going to do as a board member is, uh, you know, decide to to go for those referendums. Because um, it was a lot of work. You had to convince the uh, citizens of Goshen and they had to vote for the referendums. And I thought that was tough. Tough. But um, then um, the superintendent decided to retire and then COVID hit, and then we had to hire a superintendent in 2020. Oh my word! Uh, and then, um, then people became very passionate about COVID uh, yeah. and and unreasonable, and uh, they became involved with the decisions that the board was making, and. The people just didn't like some of the things. They were misinformed. A lot of them were just simply misinformed. Yeah. Um, accusing us of um, child uh, endangerment and neglect and all kinds of stuff because we wanted the kids to wear face masks. Um, and then somewhere... In the nation, people thought that the public schools were teaching critical race theory and and um, wanting to ban books and change curriculums and and felt like they needed to get involved to change um, school policy, but in reality, they had they really don't have a clue. And I know. People are going to hear this, probably going to get upset. Yeah. And Welcome to my life, man. Every time I do a podcast, someone's a little miffed at whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can say what you want, man. It's totally fine. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if I, if I, uh, if I uh, talk more about the people um, who are opposed to what we're doing and think we're messing things up um the reality i think is that they're just misinformed yeah and a lot of people who are more vocal they don't have kids in in public schools yeah they um they one person homeschool their kids never send them to public school but yet feels like he knows exactly what's going on inside the public schools but he really doesn't. Yeah. And so it has become tough. Um, very, uh, they're, they're very impolite and, and, and rude. The, the sad part for me has been, and I don't know why I thought it was going to be any different. Um, they, you know, it's people that claim to do this for, for, in the name of God. Hmm. You know, we are the immoral people, and they're like working for God and want things to change in public school because we're immoral. Um, if we talk about inclusivity and the LGBTQ plus community, then it's evil and and it's just ugliness. Mm. But just you know, in their eyes, they're doing what God wants them to do, and they speak for God and. All that, and I'm. It's the while you're talking. Um, all I'm thinking about is 
Mm. Right. You know how you were talking about how um, religions get radical at times. Mm-hmm. I really have felt like 9-11 and COVID were almost, they're not the same, but they're big events that happen in our culture that's like pushed things for different things. So I wonder if it's just, yeah, as you're speaking, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like telling the guy with the Masters of Divinity they, they, uh, that he's uh, corrupt <laughs> and evil. Yeah. Do we, so you've been on for five years. So like, uh, was that 2018 when you started? Yep. Was there any people like focused? You want another one? Sure. Yeah. You want the same one or you want something different? Oh, give me the same one. Okay. Was there, was there any... Of this type of focus in 2018, was there people kind of coming over and saying stuff in 2000? Or no, no, not no, at all. No, it was really when COVID hit is when it really. Started. Yeah, and and the president at that time, um, yeah, allowed some ugly voices to to be more present hmm. and vocal and loud. Um. It kind of reminded me of the, uh, and I know people are going to hate me for this. Do it. Say it. it had the Tea Party. You remember the Tea Party? Yeah. It, the radical. 2000. Right. That was probably like 2008. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like so that. like they tried to overthrow the, Re- the Republican Party and yeah. push for more radical uh, uh, ideas. Yeah. This group reminds me of the Tea Party. Hmm. Uh, they don't want to call themselves Democrats or Republicans, but you know. Surrounds, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, the tea party. I remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Um, <laughs> I was in high school at that time. There you go, fascinating. <laughs> uh, right when Obama came in, yeah, dude, that's that's crazy. Um, man, I'm sorry that you have to, I mean, that's probably, probably part of the position. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. It doesn't sound fun, no, right? You're approachable, easy to talk to. I can't imagine being screamed at. Because you're an evil person, right. even though they don't have a relationship. Right. Um, and I think, you know, uh, like you did in 9-11, having a conversation right. with multiple parties is probably the best way to handle situations like that. Or any situation. That's how people are able to relate, understand, and humanize each other instead of, like, demonize each other. Right. right. Yeah. What made you decide to do it another year to go this past election? Do another term. Um, I kind of felt like the people who were going to run against me were not the right people for Goshen Community Schools. Gotcha. And um, just the thought of of some of those people being in leadership just scares me. Mm-hmm. And I thought about my daughter, who's a senior in high school, her friends, um, this community. Uh, it just f- felt like, no, I, I have to run again uh, and, and uh, be reelected because the alternative is not good for this community. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm the perfect candidate yeah. or that, um, that I feel like I'm better than somebody else. But my beliefs align a lot better 
with this community and the philosophy of Goshen Community Schools than some of theirs. Hmm. Uh, if you don't believe in public schools, why are you running for yeah. school board? <laughs> yeah. That's a good kind question. Of, yeah, kind of thing. Like, all right. The public schools was were not good enough for your children, but now you want to make decisions mm-hmm. for everybody else, children. Oh, just felt that I had to, and I want to, and I'm glad I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. What 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 made you go in the first place in 2018? What made you decide to even run in the first place? It, it was a combination of different things. Um, I had the time. Yeah. Um, my kids were in high school or about to enter high school. Uh, I really was happy with everything. The type of education and experience my, my kids were having. There were things that needed to change. Um, some of the beliefs of some administrators, and I don't mind saying this, yeah. uh, and some teachers were troublesome for me. Um, like low expectations for some students mm-hmm. just because. And so I just didn't like um, some of the things. They were doing a lot of good things. They still do. We still do great things. Yeah. But there were a few things that they were like, mm, that doesn't sound right. And uh, the superintendent and some board members approached me because I was involved. I mean, you know me. I was always yeah. involved with things. Yeah. And so they said, excuse me. You should consider it. And so I did. Yeah. And ran. Yeah. And what was that like, running? Did you have to go to events and meetings? Were you door knocking and stuff like that? or was The it- first time I was uh, elected uh, was not as, as, as bad as I thought. Uh, nobody was running against me, so I was the only candidate. And the people that knew that I was running was like... Uh, yeah. On my, on, you know, whether they were Republicans or Democrats, they were yeah, like, no, yeah, you. yeah, you're the right person for the job. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people think I'm still the right person for the job. The only thing the only thing that changed is some of the people that we were talking about. Right. Well, the focus. The focus. It. it sounds like there was no focus on on it at all. And now there's like a massive, almost magnifying glass on the, on the school board. Yeah. 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 That's that's wild. Yeah. Do you um yeah, I mean politics is crazy in and of itself, you right. know. Right. I know uh when the, the last election happened 2022. Yeah, I voted for you. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just cuz I know who you are. I know the heart of you, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's like I, Jose such a good dude. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. It's tough. I wish people could have conversations. We've kind of gone into this like that's why i love podcasting because you can yeah. sit and talk but we've gone into this like social media world like mm-hmm. it's getting pushed into the real world now where right. it's just you got a minute because that's what tiktok is it's 60 seconds and you gotta scream your points and get a bite in a sound bite and then go so right yeah what have you seen with uh oh i'll say this one of the things i really appreciate about goshen schools this is what i i saw from don't know who it was i went to a rotary a rotary meeting and someone gave a presentation and they did a celebration so for kids who get accepted at colleges on scholarships for sports they do a whole celebration you know you choose what school you're going to you're this draft pick 
Everyone's ex- excited about it. Goshen did that for kids who got internships, not to college, but to like a construction company and things mm. like that. Like there's a emphasis mm. on, I mean, we live in a manufacturing hub. Right. And so Goshen Schools has done things to like celebrate the fact that you're, you, it's not right or wrong if you go to college, but why are we only celebrating kids who are going to college? Right. Why not celebrate kids who decide to be electricians and construction management and things like that? And so right. I thought that was such a cool thing. And I know in the new school that was built over on Green Road that there's a, a whole like manufacturing focus there too. Mm-hmm. Like for kids to get kind of interested in fifth and sixth grade to learn about CNC stuff and printers and things right. like that. And like I think that's forward thinking, especially right. in the place we're living. Right. You know, so I'm thankful for things like that. Like, right, right. We we um, we want to believe, and we're we're not perfect, but we're we're really trying very hard to allow the students to go wherever they want to go, yeah. and prepare them to whatever their goals and ambitions are. If you want to go to Harvard, Yale, you know, Goshen Community Schools can prepare you for that. Yeah. If you want to go to uh, community college, Ivy Tech, get an associates, um, Goshen Community Schools can prepare you for that. Yeah. You want to graduate from high school and jump to um, a good paying job with some skills and uh, certificates, you know, that's what we're striving for. Yeah. Uh, we don't uh, uh, minimize anybody's abilities. Uh, we're very inclusive, yeah. um, and uh, and I think we're a better district for that. I tell people I've met uh, uh, because I'm a board member. I go to board meetings uh, in in the state of Indiana and meet uh, board members from other districts around the state. And when I tell our story, they're fascinated fascinated by it, and they. They, they they have heard of Goshen Community Schools. Mm. You know, we have an awesome marching band. Oh, yeah. We have a great orchestra. Uh, the arts are second to none. Um, so, I you know, people from South Bend, Penn High School, I, like when they think about Goshen, they think about an exceptional uh, district. Yeah. Um, and, and when you think about the demographics, you know, people say, well, you know, it's the uh, the immigrants who who are challenging and very challenge, challenged students, and that's why we don't have, um, you know, top-notch students, for example. Right. Yeah, top-of-the-line math or top-of-the-line reading. Right. I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, it was like Goshen has never been that type of city. Right. You know, there's been the neighborhood associations. Yeah. You know, you, you have for many, many years, many decades before the Latinos ever arrived to Goshen, you had the half and the half nuts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you talking about? Right. It's not a, it's a, it's not a immigrant thing. 
Yeah. 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 It's like Gosha never had, was never Carmel. You have a Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. not a full of millionaires. They, they went uh, viral because they did a TikTok where they walked around and showed their high school. I don't know if you saw that yeah. TikTok. It my, was my daughter telling. Yeah. It was just wild. It's, it's a very rich yeah, the, district. Here is the hallway that we lined with diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you need a high school line to die? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy wealthy. Yeah. And and we go to toe to toe with with districts like that in the arts. Wow. You know. Um, so it's it's always interesting to me. They're like trying to like, well, we were we were better off without the immigrant. No, we were not. We were not. Um, we were not doing well. With um, the low income in our in our in our city prior to immigrants prior to that yeah so and and uh, and when it was like ninety nine percent white right um, we were always we have always been a manufacturing community yeah that's who we are it's the makeup of our city so when I when I tell them it's not about you know, you just change probably the ethnicity of people, but uh, there's still a working class, you know. So we're doing things that that will help empower, uh, empower yep. them and, and do upper mobility. Yeah. Mobility. Mobility. Mm -hmm. Can say it. It's the, it's the brew dog. Mobility. There you go. <laughs> it's the, the, yeah. the pier. Um, but no, I uh, think that is that's so helpful too, because like if you can come out of high school and get a good job, and you come from almost nothing, it, that is huge. Yeah. You know, it gives you independence. It gives you ability to, you know, to thrive yeah. and make decisions. And if you make a mistake, it's not detrimental because. You've got skills that you learned from high school. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We're increasing the dual credit so you can graduate with, with a lot more college credits yeah. from Goshen. That's cool. Um, now, if I if I say, and this is people people think, well, you're a school board member. Of course, you're gonna say this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like the 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 um, haters. You know, <laughs> um, I was gonna say something else, but the haters. <laughs> The haters like, nah, you're just saying that. But, you know, I, I I was born in Mexico City. I grew up in Chicago. I lived in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I lived in Texas. I visited different states. I've been overseas. I, I lived in Spain. Um, and I I can tell you that, I, that uh, given our demographics, who we are as people in Goshen, our school system is second to none, and I believe that very strongly. Uh, we can get a student who comes to first grade with zero knowledge, and I've seen it happen. Shout out to the Barahona family. I've seen it happen. They, they, they come to first grade with no uh, knowledge of the English language, hmm. and they graduate with full right academic right to Purdue University. Wow. Full right, academically strong. Wow. So that's that's a story that it's not that's tall. Yeah. That's that's not told, but it also isn't it's happening all the time here. Yes. Right. But we're not listening about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's fascinating. That is cool. That's cool. And that's a that's a big learning curve. That's yeah. a, a different, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to hit. How you know, it's it's a change up, you know. It's like yeah. not everyone's dealing with that. Um, yeah. that's cool that Goshen's do, doing yeah. that. It, I I have a question for you that maybe is, is a little bit different of a shift, but still along the same lines. Um so from 1990 till 2008, when did the shift of the Latino community start coming into Goshen? What would you say is kind of like the the timeline of all of that? Because I'm I'm sure when you moved back in 2008, it was drastically different. Well, it happened as soon as I left. Okay, really. So I graduated in 1992. Yep, 1992. I started graduate work in 93. Um, so I left in 92, and the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, uh, so a huge boom. Um, they, the number of Latinos moving into the into Goshen, into this area, just skyrocketed. Wow. And in 2008, when we moved here... Um, Goshen Community Schools was still adjusting mm. to all of that. Um, and when I got involved with uh, La Casa and became a, a, a community organizer, I, I got to see, I tell people, I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, of, of Goshen residents, you know. Mm. And some people were still grieving the, uh, the change, like grieving the loss of the city that they once knew. Um, because it changed too fast, too quickly for them. But it it just happened in the late '90s, early 2000s. So by the time I got in, get in into in 2008, most of the the change had already happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents moved here when I was, I think it was '94 or '95. And one of my earliest memories of being in Goshen was running around with the neighborhood kids. They're pretty much all Latino. I didn't know they were Latino yeah. when I was five. They yeah. were just my neighbor friends. You know what I mean? It was that's what it was. So that that, that does sync up. I just when you're like, you know, three, four, five years old, you don't yeah. realize what the whole population is. You're just growing up. Um, so I, I've always kind of wondered when that transition happened, what that was. And so when you had said you came here and there wasn't any Latinos, that's yeah. that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it happened to LFS. Yeah. I probably need to use the bathroom. Okay, let's pause and then we'll come back. All right. Cool. And we're back. Good. That was quick. <laughs> that was super quick. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I totally forget what we were talking about. I do have a different question um, that I was thinking about. Um, so, you know, we talked about you went, you went to school, got your Master of Divinity, you were a pastor. Where are you at now? Like, what's your thought process on religion and all in church and pastoral? What's where are you at in your life? Um, that's a very good question. I'm, uh, I have learned to value the journey of everyone, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say anything negative about anybody's religion. Mm. Um, I believe that. Re- at times in history, religion has played a very important part mm. in in societies. Um, in America, they created uh, schools and universities. Yeah, 
you know, Yale, Harvard, weren't yep. they like Stanford. seminaries? Yep. That's what they started out as. Yep. Yep. So, <clears throat> like anything, though, um, do you always have this pendula of good and bad? And people have used religion in a negative way to justify, you know, in the same token, they created universities, but also justify slavery, you know, it's, it's just hmm. at the same time. So um, it is part of history. It is part of, of who we are. Um, personally, I have issues with organized religion now, like... I don't I don't see organized religion doing the things that uh make an impact in in people's lives. Mm. Almost feels like a club. Yeah, country club. It's a country club. Yeah. Yeah, oh you're part of here. Yeah, we'll do business with you and yeah, yeah your kids can go there and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh so I and, and I'm not going to you know, name any churches or anything. I'm just saying in the evangelical, or not necessarily evangelical, just Christianity in America, it's, it's very iffy to me because um, because of the state of our society. You know, the people who have, um, who are currently creating more chaos than good are are the people that, that say they're followers of Jesus Christ. Um, there's there's more of that negative than positive. I know there are churches who are doing great things with with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and and trying to dismantle racism, and being very social conscious and all that stuff. But politi- politi- politically, yeah. politically, politically, um, the scene doesn't look good. Mm. Um. Christianity Today wrote an article when the Donald Trump became president, and it's like, I remember reading the article that uh, that the soul of the evangelical world has, the evangelical world has lost its soul. I think it was the the title of the article, hmm. and uh, you know, being a graduate of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, we were talking about that way back then. That uh, that uh, the evangelical world again, it was an evangelical seminary, you know, connected to the the evangelical free churches of of uh, the United States. So it's like they were talking all about evangelicals. You know, it's it's that world. Yeah. Um, but they were they were saying they were very concerned about the nationalism. Uh, of, of the evangelical world. They were not global-minded. There was more nationalistic, capitalistic, materialistic-minded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen that played out. It's pretty interesting. I wonder I wonder if some of the, the bad that we're seeing from the people who are saying, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ— I wonder if some of that is accentuated because of social media. Like, I see a lot of bad things all the time, but that's because that's what gets viewed. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, I, I just, when 
um, the whole Roe versus Wade stuff was happening maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere in social media, everyone's talking about it. It's everything everyone's talking about. But then when I went to the store, when I talked to people in real life, we were having normal conversations. When you come back to reality, um, it was still something that people were talking about, but it wasn't every conversation, everything. But when I looked at social media, yeah, all I saw was post after post after post after post yeah. after post. That's anything anyone was talking about online. So I wonder if, you know, I, I just, it's it's interesting because I'm, I'm getting to the point because internet really started coming about when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember a time before internet. And I remember a time during dial-up and I remember mm-hmm. a time after. Similar for you, I, there was no internet and now we have it. It's a part yep. of all our life. And I'm really trying to start, and especially with AI and things that are coming with, with that stuff, what is reality? Right. I don't know anymore. I'm starting to like, okay, well, some of the stuff is being told to me. Some of the stuff I'm seeing. It's different when you're on a board for a school and you're hearing that. But I think they're also getting their information from the internet. So, like, what's that being yeah. regurgitated out? Is that reality, too? It's it's interesting. But... Well, yeah, yeah, you do have to disconnect from um, from social media. Yeah, I. Um, what is reality? That's another. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a heavy question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I still want to know um, where are you at when you're in faith journey? I cons- I would consider myself more of a spiritual person. Okay. Um, I meditate. Yeah. Uh, almost on a daily basis, yes, especially please. on Sunday. I don't know why, because you know, <laughs> maybe because I used to go to church on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I haven't found a church community or a uh, faith-based community. I'm far more open to to um, to learning from other faiths. I think my experience with the ecumenical world really shaped me, mm. uh, realizing how ignorant I was about Islam and Judaism and Hinduism yeah. um, and just spiritual people around and, and different worldviews. I, I often ponder the, the fact that uh, I could be Muslim, but I was born in the West. Mm. I was born in Christian countries. Yeah. Um, and how much of that played into my my uh, belief system? Uh, it's just defecto, not necessarily because I chose it, because that's the part, you know, you're here in this spot. This my, was part of what it is. That's what I was presented. Mm. Uh, so I want to remove myself a little bit from that and say, hey, you know, the world is a lot smaller now. I can learn from people. Um, I uh, there are things that I that um, you know, I I meditate even on on uh, Greek philosophers. You know, I, I read uh, um, you know Plato and Socrates again and meditated on that. They were spiritual people. Yeah. Uh, you know, philosophy. You know, you know what that means. You know, the study of of the spirit. Philo. Uh, uh, Philo. So, yeah. Phil- philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're then, and they're taking. What is the spirit to the next level? And then you, what's it like for you to meditate? So just just run me through like what is that? What do you do? Let's say on Sunday, you go on Sunday. What does that look like when you meditate? Do you just when when I've meditated, I'm sitting there and just literally anytime I have a thought, I'm taking that thought and saying go away, go away. <laughs> That's me when I meditate. What sure. what is it for you when you've when you meditate? See on Sundays, 
um, and this has happened in the last uh, five years. Um, I want to wake up a little later, but it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> I just, you know, by, by 7, 30, 8 o'clock, I'm up. And my routine it has been, you know, it's like get a cup of coffee, uh, sit in my living room. I'm not quite awake, you know, yeah. not quite awake. My mind is not wandering. And, uh, you know, I used to have an app, but, you know, got rid of the app because it was, I think it was very one line, uh, one uh, sided. Yep. Um, and, and what I like to do or what I did when, for example, with, with, uh, Greek, um, uh, original philosophers is just to read a phrase, you know, read a thought, um, uh, a quote and just, just think about all that I know of, 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 uh, of that, you know, like Danny, who's your enemy? Like I, you know, I, I. I kept going back to that enemy um, because uh, who is really our enemy? No one is our enemy. Yeah. Um, it is a, a perceived thing. Um, it is. It is. It might be somebody that you just um, have a disagreement with. Um, but anyway, um, who's your friend? Who's your enemy? Kind of, kind of thing. And then I just uh, close my eyes. Uh, I, I, I look at the, um, the meaning of the word, um, it helps to be bilingual, multilingual, because, mm. uh, you know, you, you, you have different images of, of the same word yeah. and, um, and, it, and, and it's like a quarter, right? If you say a quarter has multiple faces, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's heads or tails, but it means it's a quarter. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a, a routine that I do. Uh, I does I don't do it every morning because of you know sometimes I, I'm rushing <laughs> yeah. out, but it's it's a routine of sitting there and let my um, uh, quiet my mind, quiet my spirit, drinking coffee because I'm not fully awake. My mind's still in that um, self half sleep mode. Yeah, and uh, you know, next thing you know, it's like a whole hour. And I'm just full, you know, I just, I'm full of, of thoughts, um, of, you know, have cried, just yeah. sitting there meditating and, 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 and just feeling full. Wow. Um, like I have, um, uh, encounter the spirits of the, of the person who wrote the quote, um, being there, um, and I think about people, think about what I do. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. You know, and, and you know, maybe because I'm naturally um, a relational person, um, because I'm, um, I consider myself a spiritual being, um, sensitive, whatever you want to call it, um, doesn't take too much um and i like to do it in the mornings because like i said it's like my quiet time um everything especially on sunday mornings like nobody's around (laughs) i'm not gonna get a phone call nobody's gonna interrupt me um so that's how i meditate um i've been surprised how quickly i go to that meditation um, stage, if you will. I want to believe that it's 
partially because I'm half asleep right. and drinking coffee, and uh, my mind is not wandering. It's not full of stuff. Right. Because when you do lists and checklists, and oh, I got to call this person. Oh, I got to think about that. Or oh, yeah, I got to do what's lunch. You right. Know, like all those things you're thinking about all the time anyways like monday morning would be impossible right that's my hardest time to meditate because i'm thinking about the week thinking thinking about the the the, the day uh my work day yeah um uh, my mind just like don't forget this don't forget that right um do this and do that um but yeah it's uh it's a very good exercise that i have done Oh, I don't know, for, for a long, long time. Did you do it while you were in the church too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, see, that's one of the things that, that um, maybe um, maybe the clergy can relate to this. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to destroy the image of, <laughs> of, 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 of the minister and the clergy for people, but uh, sometimes the work is so stinking hard that uh, um, and this is part of the problem of being a relational people people um, most pastors ministers uh, clergy are relational, relational. people yeah um, you're actually like accepting some of that burden right emotionally and relationally while they're they're telling you the hardships they're going through you whether you want to or not you're taking on right of right it. right like the you know you learn how to differentiate yourself because your empathy is so high that that you take into um into yourself things that doesn't necessarily belong to but it's to you but but you can't help yourself right but uh when i was i did poorly i i have to say with self-care when i was pastoring a burnout oh yeah Burnout and uh, and felt very distant to to my creator, <laughs> yeah, as a pastor, and wow. uh, and so it's uh, it's a it's a it's a thing, and and uh, unless you've been a minister for a while, you might not might not believe it, but <laughs> no, I think that is a real thing, and I think sometimes people are just doing it because it's the motions that need to be done too. Like this is a role I have to play. Whether you feel connected or not, you are put in this position. You have to do it. That would burn me out too. Yeah, you know, yep. like there's something about doing something with passion. You almost feel full of energy. Doesn't matter how hard you go. You know what? Then there's another thing where you're like, I have to do this because this is what I'm supposed to do. That starts to kill you. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people. You know, I was part of a ecumenical group in Houston. I've heard people that that's why. Um, what people call the high church, you know, uh, Methodists, Episcopalians, mm-hmm. Presbyterians, Catholics. That's why they, they put the rope on. It's like, this is Jose, you know, yep. regular guy. You going to go and do a service, you put a rope on. Yep. You embodied the spiritual leader for that community. Hmm. And so it's, like it's no longer you necessarily. Yeah. It's a transition. It's a transition thing. Hmm. You put that thing on um, and not necessarily play a role, but, you know, you you uh, 
you, you're going to work. Mm-hmm. Like the police officer puts a uniform on, the soldier puts the uniform on. The teacher. The teacher yeah. puts it, yep, yep, yep. And that, uh, and sometimes you don't want to, but hey, that's that's what the community needs. Yeah, that's interesting. That is a really deliberate delineation of this and then this. I see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I got a question for you, too. I'm not Mennonite, so I didn't grow up in Mennonite, though I grew up around the Mennonites because you, you live in Goshen. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> what, what is... So I don't know a ton about Mennonite church, but when it comes, when you, you know, you, you're talking a little bit about spirituality. Is that in the Mennonite church? Or have you kind of found, discovered this outside of the Mennonite church? So I, I also will say this. I believe in spirituality. I, I've really had, um, like, feelings of things. I've even heard, like, hey, go do this, and I've done it. And then I got, like, I've had multiple times where I've, like, I just, I was walking past someone and, like, hey, you need to go help that person. I, there's a real clear, like, thought that came into my head that was not my own thought. Mm-hmm. And I went and did it, and I realized, oh, that was, as a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. That was a spiritual thing. So I, I just wonder if that is part of the Mennonite church at all, or from what you've been in it, or um, this kind of journey on spirituality is almost a little bit more outside of the Mennonite church. It is a little bit outside the Mennonite church. When I studied uh, Anabaptist theology, early Anabaptists, you know, play around with uh, with uh, spirituality and being charismatic mm-hmm. and it backfired. It got a little crazy. Yeah. Got a little crazy with uh with the move movement of the spirit, you know, like getting naked and 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 and, and you know <laughs> praising God, you know, being like children, you know. Yeah. It, it got a little crazy here and there in the early Anabaptist movements. Um so they focus a lot on the scriptures. And it's, uh, it's safe there. It's safe there. That makes sense. It's safe there. Um, it's something that everybody can agree. Um, the more, I guess, spirituality happens in community. Decision making happens in community because the spirit is in the community. Hmm. Like the spirit uh, is uh, everybody believers church. Like the spirit, God, it's, it's everybody. You don't necessarily need a, a mediator like a priest or a pastor. You know, it's connect. Anyone can access it. Yeah, yep. yep. But decision making is it's you know the spirit is in the it's in a community, not necessarily an individual. So the people who, who in the manner nature tended to be more charismatic are see, were seen in with suspicious. Hmm. Some some type of you know of suspicion. Uh, I don't know how it is today. I think I think it depends. Mennonites have divided so much yeah. and have tapped into different uh, beliefs. There's yeah. Mennonites are very fundamentalist. Oh yeah, uh, in and could, our community. Yeah, yeah, and evangelicals or liberals. It just they they're all over the spectrum, really. It's fractured out. Sorry, it's fractured out so far. Yeah, the different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's uh, to speak about one Mennonite. There's always been uh, kind of charismatic 
spiritual wing of every Mothman, but it's usually small. Um, I learn about um, the mystics through my own study when I was in seminary about John of the Cross, for example, or Teresa de Avila. You know, they were Catholic um, priests, and they uh, it just resonated with me. Mm. Um, some, of, some of their journey, uh, embracing the dark. Um, yeah. um, you know, it's... Um, some of it was a little dangerous, you know, kind of like complete surrender and, and, uh, and embracing the darkness um, and, um, and allowing yourself to be a vessel kind of thing, like, you know. And uh, those mystics of the Catholic Church, they practice what they preach, man. They're, they're um, people that... Um, wrote a lot for highly educated people, but at the same same time, at the same token, isolated themselves uh, for decades. Wow. Wow. Yeah. To have that experience or experiences. Yeah. yeah that's, they walk the walk and talk the talk, huh? Yeah. 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 I know it's... Um, I, um, I, it's interesting because, you know, you, you think church history coming from an evangelical worldview and you're like oh martin luther and then church starts but it really is like jesus dies church starts mm-hmm. there's 1500 years that i don't think about because mm-hmm. i'm not catholic mm-hmm. you know and it's it's interesting when you start looking at the full picture because spirituality has been woven through that for a long time and now we're 2000 years later and um, we're try- still trying to figure it out, <laughs> you, yeah. you know. But you know, and the the thing is that the mystics, for example, they're Muslim mystics. Hmm. You re- you read about Rumi, for example, hmm. uh, and I encourage people. It's like there were mystics almost from every religion. Yeah. And the things that they say, um, I mean, I still practice. I, I mean, I'm still putting stuff on Facebook what I read about Rumi and uh, and and things that resonate my spirit with with his thoughts and, and mine um, and and prior to that to them um, you, you, you know outside Buddhism if you you know people have wrote about Buddha and you know as far as I know, Buddha was not a heavy person. He was a, a regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Jesus probably didn't have a beer and he wasn't yeah. blonde, but, you know. Right. No, he wasn't blonde? <laughs> Wait, you're saying he's from the Middle East and he wasn't blonde? All right. right. Yeah. Okay. Like the, the, the images that we have about people is, yeah. you know, like the real. Wait, you're saying angels aren't little boys? But it is fascinating. To me, it's like, like if I break it down, it's like we are just humans, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, when I, you know, you, you had asked me earlier about uh, where am I now? It's like if I if I look at uh, human beings, um, I think we all want the same things, 
you know, be happy, have stability, um, you know, live in peace. You know, people think that we don't, like everyone just doesn't want a complicated life. Right. You know, everybody wants the best for their own family, their own people. Yeah. Um, you know, loved and be loved. Yeah. Um, it, it's not complicated, the, the connections that we can make uh, with one another. Somebody uh, in the, you know, when, when you, when you read about Eastern philosophies, Eastern um, religion, they talk about uh, love being um, uh, kind of like um, um, a thing that everyone has the same, like same love. Yeah, it's like you, you. The the only reason that you love, want to be loved, and be loved is because I have the same desire and that's one thing so it's it's a way a way of saying that we are only we are all one yeah we are all one we have love and we want love that's what makes us human and and that love is not only the thing that connect us but the thing that makes us all one Hmm. um you know kind of like you know like um like the the ori- original gene that created humans, hmm. if you will. Yeah, that's the, that's the unifying thread that ties us all together. Like we, we, yeah, like love, the feeling of love, being loved is actually a gene that we all carry. Yeah. So we all want, kind of like, you know, we're all part of the human race and there's no races, but just the human race. Yeah, there's different types, but I mean, when you look at humans across the board, we're all pretty similar. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not like some of us are seven hundred feet tall yeah. and have four heads. Right. Right. And seventeen feet. You know, we have a unifying thing. Yeah. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. No, I just want I wondered because I didn't realize that you had you had a ma- uh, master of divinity. I would, I had not known your previous story. As much as we've talked. Yeah. It's been okay. kinda cool to uncover that. Um and so yeah, it was it's fascinating. Fascinating to hear where you started at Goshen. When you came back to Goshen, it's like two different worlds yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, uh I don't know. I I already feel like I have lived a full life. Um and I have had experiences that most people don't don't get when we went to Lo- Los Angeles yeah i was floored that one of the people that went with us had never flown that was wild have never been you know outside the midwest yeah outside goshen almost almost like rarely outside goshen let alone yeah. get in on a plane and going to a totally different place yeah yeah, that was a, yeah, that is wild. To L.A. and we were downtown L.A. Yeah, I remember. And we did like the Korean town. Do you remember going? To, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Korean town, and that was so cool. Yeah, uh, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's wrap it up. We're in, I gotta go to the bathroom, and we're an hour and a half in. So let's okay. let's wrap it up if that's cool. Sure, sure. Um, dude, Jose, thanks for coming on and talking. Oh, that's no good. problem. I'm so thankful you're here in Goshen. I am very thankful. I'm, I'm glad we've connected. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're doing great things, man. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, this has been fun. 
Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to reach out or plug anything you want to? Like, well, if they want to reach out to me, you know, just go to the the website of Cushion Community Schools, okay. and look at the boards, and you'll find my my information there. Um, you know, it's um, and and um, you know, you send me an email. Um, um, I don't know how far the the podcast goes, but hey, if you speak Spanish, um, English, I do okay with French. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows the bad ones. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm not super good. <laughs> but uh, you know, and uh, you know, I'm, I'll be happy to answer. Any questions you you have or to learn more about what I'm doing here, uh, it's a ride, bro. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And congratulations. You're going to have a kid. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just let everybody know. That's okay. They, yeah, that's that's good. I posted it on Facebook, so you should have saw Or no, I, th I think it was Instagram. I don't know. It's here. It's real. She's super pregnant. They knew. So that's good. Hey. Yeah. I'm ready to step into fatherhood. Excited. You'll do okay. Yeah, I think so too. You're gonna be okay. You're awesome. Awesome yeah. people. Uh, thanks, Jose, man. This has been great. This is so good. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next uh Timmons podcast. Peace. Bye.